Hello and welcome to episode number 34 of the I Am A Champion show. Jason Holt, Jim Hubert, Jonathan Flowers here. First episode of the new year of the I Am A Champion show. And guys, super excited about today. I met these guys in a clubhouse room back when clubhouse was a thing. It might still be a thing. I'm not really sure. But um, it was one of the things I found highly valuable because they talked about the secret sauce to success, what that looked like. And Chris Hetherington and Chris Pulasic are two guys that were the hosts of the of the room. And so much insight that I got from what they talked about, what success really means, is why I wanted to bring them on the show today. And so Chris Hetherington is a former uh, pro fullback, played in the NFL, played for the Panthers, the Rams, uh, and a few other player teams as well. And then Chris Pulasic is uh, he's a CEO, he's a founder, he's also – uh, involved in a lot of sports in the Tampa area, as well as involved in law and, and and as a lawyer. So that's why I wanted to bring these guys on, because they have so much insight on what it means to be successful, along with what we have. So I'm going to go ahead and bring them on, guys. Jonathan, good to see you again. Happy New Year to you. Um, Happy New Year, like you guys, too. Yeah, for people who are listening, man, California's been raining a lot. So, you know, put your prayers out for some people, because... There are people that have lost houses and the beach areas are messed up. And even when there hasn't been um, actual damage to someone's home, the area around has been messed up. And there's just a lot of people that are just inconvenienced right now. Yeah, definitely. We will keep California in our uh, our thoughts and prayers for sure as they go through that. And um, we're going to go ahead and bring on Chris and Chris. They're actually coming from California as well. So, guys, uh, welcome to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Good to see you and uh, excited to jump in. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate this opportunity. And and as Jonathan mentioned, yeah, prayers going out to everybody in California. Stay safe, stay strong, you know, keep a good attitude, and hopefully everyone gets through this, uh, you know, yeah. to the extent, the best they can. You know, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Pulasic, I'll, I'll start with you here and, and really to dive into the secret sauce of success, like what that looks like, you know, because you're one of the first guys I connected with, like outside of the clubhouse group. You know, what what does it mean? Like, what does that mean to you as like the secret sauce to success? How did it kind of come about? And, you know, what can people learn from it? Well, thanks, Jason. You know, we I've been blessed to run into and, and become mm-hmm. really good friends with just so many incredible people. Chris Hetherington, uh, a dear friend of mine, is on the show right now. I've done. A, I've been fortunate to do a lot of work with professional Olympic athletes over the year. I, I think Jason mentioned in my introduction. You know, I've, I've I wear many hats. I'm a lawyer. I'm a business person, an entrepreneur. Um, but at my core, even though I don't look like one anymore, I I truly believe that I'm an athlete, right? And that word is is very important to me because, to me, regardless of your age, regardless of your sport, regardless of your activity. An athlete is, is somebody that has a mindset about improvement, about reaching for the stars, about goal setting, about, you know, for me, this may sound uh, audacious, it may sound arrogant, but I've always wanted to be the greatest at whatever I'm doing. Now, do I think that I'm the greatest lawyer? Do I think that I'm the greatest business person? Do I think I'm the greatest father, husband? I mean, I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Am I ever going to get there? No, but there was a, a phrase that somebody coined one time, you know, like we, we pursue excellence and we, we, we pursue perfection and we hope we catch excellence, right? So for someone like me that has played sports, uh, has trained his whole life, that takes that athlete mindset into business and into the community and into my family, I was always fascinated by other athletes 
that were performing uh, at the highest level of their respective sports, or at least trying to get there. And so the concept of the secret sauce was something that as we entered COVID, I, I jumped on the platform and I heard some of the conversations. I jumped on a couple of stages and I, and I said to myself, man, I know a bunch of Avengers that I think if we can all get together, we can really inspire some folks out there. Uh, Nick Swisher was one of them. Chris Hetherington was another one. Derek West. These are guys that when I'm around, I feel like I'm jumping out of my skin because they inspire me so much. I look at them and I look at the way they live their lives. I look at the discipline that Chris Hetherington carries into everything he does. I look at the infectious uh, way that Nick Swisher lives his life. If you guys have never been around Swish, I mean, it, it's you, you can't help but get, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. If he's coming over, if we're gonna do something together. So I felt like we had a message that we could share and so, Jason, to answer your question directly, you know, what is success? What does it mean to me? It, it doesn't matter what it means to me. It matters what it means to everybody else. And, and I've said this a thousand times. Success is such an individual thing. For some, it's making $100 million. For others, it's taking a vow of poverty. For some, it's, you know, batting 300. For others, it's making their JV baseball team. But in order to achieve success, however you define it as an individual, I think that there's a certain process that you need to follow. And I think that there's a few core pillars that will give you a much better chance of attaining that success, whatever it is, however you define it. And so Chris Hetherington, Derek West, Nick Swisher, McKenna, some other folks, we, we asked ourselves, what do we believe those pillars are? So I'm going to, I'll hand the mic over to Chris. But for me, it was, it always starts with discipline, 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 discipline. You can have all desire in the world, but if you can't get out of bed every day when the times are bad, or even when they're good and take care of the hard work and put in the effort and do the things that you don't want to do, it doesn't matter how strong your desire is. Integrity, right? Teamwork, all of those things. I mean, I get goosebumps just talking about these concepts right now because they're so important to me because I'm a dugout guy. I don't want to do anything alone. I want to, I want to lock arms with people that have a different mindset, even if we know we're going to get slaughtered, even if we know we're going to charge the gate and guess what? We're going to get killed. It doesn't matter to me because if I link up with my band of brothers or band of sisters and we have this common goal and we're trying to better whatever we are, whatever we believe in, I'm all in. So the secret sauce started as a way to throw out these ingredients into the world. And I always said, listen, maybe there's just one person out there that sees this show. Maybe there's just one person that sees the secret sauce that says, hey man, if these guys can do it, I can do it. Or you know what? That's what I needed to hear today because I didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't want to do the business plan. I didn't want to finish the capital raise. I was scared to go to that hearing. I was scared at, uh, you know, to volunteer in the community or I was scared to ask the girl to go to prom. But maybe we said, what do you have to lose? So if I can inspire just one person by being on the show, I'll tell you what, then I've succeeded and I'm a success for today. 4-4, four, four, Chris Heather, anything? What do you got, my brother? Man, you are always a tough act to follow, my friend. Wow. Uh, look, I, I miss the secret sauce. We had, we had a really great time. We built a really special community of people that, you know, showed up every day to want to get better and want to help other people get better. You know, my my definition of success is is trying to get better, a little better every day. Try to be a better boss, CEO, try to be a better dad, try to be a better husband. And my in my old age, I've I've learned to be smart enough to know what I know and know what I don't know. And 
I'm not an expert at a lot of things, but there's so much access to information today. There's so many inspirational leaders that that you can learn from. And I wake up every day. I mean, you know, Palachik used this this term discipline. For me, you know, I was lucky enough to play professional sports for 11 years and and I grinded. I had, a, you know, I was an undrafted free agent quarterback at Yale. <clears throat> they made me a, a fullback in the NFL and was a wedge breaker for my first three or four years, you know, getting concussions and, and just doing whatever it took to survive, to, to you know, and, and try to thrive and be the best player I could. And being coachable, you know, going into the facility every day early in the morning, trying to get bigger, stronger, faster, trying to improve my football IQ, uh, and and more importantly, like I said, be coachable. So, you know, for me, discipline is the root of everything I do. I I say, like, look, when, when my alarm goes off at 444 in the morning, it's not an option. Snooze, for me, has never been an option. <clears throat> you know, uh, meditating twice a day has never been an option. You know, jumping in the cold plunge or taking cold showers has never been an option. And so, you know, that's the way I live my life. And I don't I don't expect uh, other people to be, you know, that way. But if I it's worked for me and I try to be a man of integrity, I try to show up every day. I try to be the best person I can be. And I try to make people around me better. And more importantly, I try to surround myself with people like Chris Belagic that that can make me better. And so it was a really special time. I, I missed the secret sauce. We we uh, hopefully had a positive effect on on a lot of people. And I know those people made a positive effect on me. And, and Jason's a good example. Jason became, you know, one of our, you know, parts of our community. And and hopefully we taught him some things, but we learned some things from him as well. That, that was the cool thing about the secret sauce in, in, in the clubhouse. So we got to get the band back together one of these days, you know. It's something I'd like to dive into. There's quite a few things you said that I'd like to talk about, but you talk about the pillars and one of them was discipline. And you mentioned about being an athlete. And when you're an athlete, you know, it's, it's easier sometimes to be more disciplined when you're part of a team. You have coaches and they're demanding certain things. They have schedules for you. You got to follow, right? You want to be a part of that. When you get outside of athletics or Jonathan, like the military, you're outside yeah. of it. You see individuals that, man, like a couple years later, yeah, you're 40 pounds overweight. Uh, you look like you're struggling, whatever it is, right? And so when you talk about discipline, I hear that definition. It's like you give yourself a command and you follow it. So my question for you is what are like tips you can give to people that are you know, outside of maybe a structure and, you know, they want to be more disciplined. They want to follow through with the things they say they're going to do to have a successful life. What are things you can give them to become more disciplined with their life? It's a good question. You know, the thing that's helped me is I, I set my intentions every night for my next day. And the things that I can control the next day, I, I control. I can control if I, like I said, get up at 444. I can control whether I hit the snooze button. I can control, you know, whether I be present with my my kids. I, I can control, you know, if I show up to work early or I'm five minutes early to a call. Like, you know, the things that I can control, Jim, I, I, I make sure that, that I take care of those every day. The things that aren't under my control – you know, I try to like I practice stoicism. And the one big thing about stoicism is control what you can control and what you can't control, you know, don't stress over. And so, 
You know, look, it's it's being disciplined is very difficult. There's everybody has different circumstances and family lives and work circumstances. And and I guess my biggest advice is to don't don't beat yourself up. You know, try to be the best person every day. Try to chip away at it. Right. Somebody's not going to go from not working out for 10 years to all of a sudden, you know, going in the gym and lifting hundred pound dumbbells. It's like, start, start with a walk, you know, and, and, and incrementally increase uh, as, as time goes on. But, you know, I read all this information out there, like going for a walk is, is extremely valuable for your cardiovascular health. And so um, starting there, you know, trying to be a little more disciplined about what you put in your body um, the, the food and the nutrition you put in your body. It's not easy for everybody. Like I've been the guy, um, you know, and sometimes it sucks. It's not fun, but I've been keto since 2002. And, you know, I'm the weirdo that's going out to dinner and not eating carbs, but it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody else or, or, or some other people, but, you know, try to be conscious about what you're putting in your body. And, and more important, like I said, don't beat yourself up because you're not going to be perfect. And, just try to make more good decisions than bad decisions every day. And I think that's important. No, Chris, that's Jim. If I could, I'll add a couple of things that I, I agree with everything that Chris said. And, and over the years, I've found a lot of pro athletes and some Olympic athletes have come to me at the tail end of the career when they're looking at, you know, the board and saying, man, this is my last season or I just finished my last season. And, and the question is always now what? Now, the question of now what? Everybody can ask it, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a business person, um, you know, what do I do next? How do I get there? How do I instill some different structured order, some discipline in my life to try to guarantee that I'm moving forward? So for me, it's the following things. Every morning when I, I wake up, I ask myself this question, who do I want to be? Not what do I want to do? Not what do I want to accomplish? All those things are important. But to me, it's about I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a person that lives the golden rule. I want to be a role model for my children. And I want to be remembered and not recalled. Who do I want to be? And then the other thing that I tell everybody, athletes and non-athletes alike, is something that Chris Hetherington said. If you sit back and you haven't been 10 years or you've never started a business, it is overwhelming to think about what do I do next? And what am I comparing myself to? And what do I look at? Which books do I read? And what I tell people is, listen, the only person that matters is the person in the mirror. And if you realize that, that you're not doing your things for Instagram, that you're not doing your things for your neighbors or your neighborhood. And Tony Robbins uses a phrase, two millimeter change. I'll take one. I'll take a one millimeter change from everybody around me. And maybe that's, look, I'm going to get up at 530 instead of six. Maybe I'm going to have hot lemon water. For, in my case, it's 183 degrees every morning because that's the temperature of my lemon water that I like. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's starting a business plan. But for me, you, your goal and what discipline is all about is just putting one foot in front of the other. If you fail, big deal. And failure, though, that's a word I, Jason, maybe we'll talk about that. If you don't get the results that you that's okay. Strong enough to go like this, pat yourself the, on the back. And at the end of the day, as you're thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow, you said, listen, I had my Apple. I wrote down a business plan. I made some calls. I, I reached out to lawyers or business people or, or my therapist, something so that at the end of the day, you can say, yeah, I may, I may, not, have, may not have accomplished 
you know, the, the 5K that I wanted today, but I had one millimeter of change today. I got one millimeter better. And for me, you do that long enough, the process will change you and you're going to start doing things that you didn't think were possible. And it takes some of that pressure off. I don't have to lose 10 pounds in one week. Maybe I do five more pushups today. Or maybe I, maybe I go and, and I go on YouTube and I, and I learn how to use Excel better or, or I watch a free program about building a business plan. So those are the kinds of things that I try to do every day and that I try to help other people um, do and implement in their lives. So, Jonathan, what do you think? So, I mean, I love the fact that you guys have said this stuff about secrets of success and the little milliliter things. I mean, there's a reason and people don't realize it's not just to make it look neat. There is a reason why the military makes you make your bed in the morning. They've done tons of studies where it starts you off with you've accomplished something at a high level that's expect expected of you. It just makes you feel better. And then the first thing you do is you work out. So you take, you get a mental boost or a psychological boost, and then you get a physical boost, and then you start your day. It's, it wasn't coincidence. I mean, let's be real. The world's not more safer for democracy because me and Chris made our bunk. It's really not. But we do because of organization and structure. And Chris, I remember you playing, man. I remember you with the Colts when I was, I was leaving when you were with the Colts. I was kind of getting out of the league. and Injuries were adding up, as you know. That stuff just, you're not the same sometimes. You got to make that decision and stuff. But one of the things I run into a lot of, and I'm sure you do too, is when you're an ex-athlete or ex-military person, um, people kind of disregard what you say. They go, well, dude, you, you were a fresh athlete. It's easy for you. You were in the military. Of course it was easy for you. So what, do you, what would you tell people like that, both of you, when you have people, when they're trying to qualify your information? Look, I get this all the time. And I, I was the case where nothing was easy for me. I mean, I like I said, I, I went to Yale um, as a running back and, and defensive back. And they made me a quarterback my freshman year. It was uh, in the Ivy League. You had to play freshman football. Never played quarterback in my life. And so, you know, I ended up starting as a freshman at quarterback and played quarterback my whole career at Yale. And I came out as an athlete. And, uh, you know, I was 235 pounds my rookie year. Linebackers and DNs that you have to block her, you know, between 260 and Reggie White and Bruce Smith coming off the edge at 300 pounds. Like these yeah. were men, man. Like this was not easy. So, you know, my job was to one, you know, be as strong and fast and, and physical as I possibly could be, try to improve my football IQ every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people have this perception of professional athletes, you know, they, they make, you know, a gazillion dollars and it's easy. And, you know, for me, it was a grind, man, to not only, you know, make a team, but but stay on the team and try to be the best player I can be, try to be accountable to my teammates, try to stay healthy uh, and, and you know, and try to, you know, like I said, win a championship. And we're all there to win, right? And that's like yeah. everything in life. You know, the goal is to win. The goal is to not you know, say, hey, I'm a pro athlete, I made it, you know, and I'm going to go chase chicks after after the game. Like the, the goal is try to be the best that you can be and you're there to win. So, you know, I, I for me, I try to relay that message. Nothing's ever been easy for me, but uh, but it's been easy for me to show up and it's been easy for me to be disciplined. It's been easy for me to be accountable. And uh, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I, I run a business called Peels and it's hard. You know, it's really hard. It's hard selling products. It's hard, uh, you know, educating people. It's, it, but you know what, you got to keep pounding. You got to surround yourself with the best partners. You got to, you know, do whatever it takes to, you know, separate yourself as a company and as, as a staff, 
you know, from the rest of the people that are trying to do the things you're doing. So um, for me, in, in summary, uh, Jonathan, I, you know, you hear these sayings, like being an entrepreneur is like being a professional athlete. And I take that to heart because if you want to perform at your best, and not only an entrepreneur, but anybody really, I think, if you want to perform at your best, you have to be mentally and physically strong. And the way I know to be mentally and physically strong is to pay attention to diet and exercise and, and all that good stuff. So um, hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, yeah that's I'm still, I'm still waiting for the gazillion dollars you mentioned, though. I want to touch on that question, too, Jonathan. Yeah. That was that was a great response. You know, 10 years ago, if somebody would have said to me, hey, you make it look easy, I would have. Uh, shrunk together a bunch of words that I, I won't say on this format and, and said something ridiculous and everybody would be mad. Now I just sort of chuckle and laugh. And, and I say that because, you know, somebody said to me uh, a year or so ago, boy, you, you've, you're, you've been an overnight success. And that came on the heels of um, we, my business partners and colleagues and, and, and 300 incredible employees built $13 million. And, and suddenly the phone started ringing and said, you know, people were saying, Oh, you know, you came out of nowhere overnight success. And I have to tell you, I was so pissed when I first heard that back then, because what they didn't see is the literally hundred hours of working a week for years that I put in seven days a week, morning till night, nonstop working on myself, failing, falling forward, trying to find mentors, reading, soaking up everything that I could overnight success. I more, I worked probably more in, in a, during a 10 year stretch than most people work in their lifetime, never complained, but I was chasing something. I was chasing what I wanted to do and what I wanted to accomplish against all odds. Nothing has ever, ever been easy for me other than this. When I get out of bed, my feet hit the ground, I'm moving and I'm trying to get better. So, the other thing that I'll say is Usain Bolt, I saw an interview that he did. Um, I can't remember what the forum was, but the reporter actually asked him that same thing and said, boy, you make it look easy out there. You blow the competition away. And he was dripping wet and he looked over and he said something along the lines of, but you haven't seen the 20,000 times that I've run the 100 meter dash and the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that I put in and sacrifice people and with athletes in particular, what it takes to not only train, but work on the diet and the recovery and say no to the elements that'll bring you down to, in many instances, get rid of people you've known your whole life that aren't chasing the same things you are. It is so difficult. And then you get the mental focus. People think about, oh, you know, I've got a big presentation or let's take this setting. I mean, I had, I was so excited. There's, there's four other people right? And I want to do very well. I want to say something meaningful. Imagine if you're in front of 80,000 people and you're, and you're asked to throw the touchdown pass, kick the field goal, come in and, you know, in the ninth inning in the World Series and strike something out. You want to talk about pressure? You want to talk about mental toughness? Oh, you make it look easy. Do you know what that's like? I mean, so, so what I say to people is, look, if, if you're asking that question or if you're saying that question, you don't know what you're talking about, but be curious. Now I'll throw in Tad Lasso. Ask questions. Boy, how, what did you do over your career to put you in that position? You've made it look easy. What would you tell somebody else that's going out to try to try to accomplish something? Those are the kinds of questions that I think if you're curious enough and you want to get better that you should ask and but not tell somebody, oh, you're an overnight success or you made it look easy. 
you know, Chris, to kind of uh, piggyback off that, uh, adaptability is key no matter what you're doing, right? And, you know, Chris Hetherington, you mentioned, like, you know, that meditation, you do it, like, it's, it's something you do twice a day. You know, I do it as well. And then but whenever, whenever you're working with people, whenever you are uh, in scenarios where things aren't always, like, as, you know, uh, drawn out for you, then you got to learn to adapt on the fly and then think positively as well. Like, hey, how has this situation helped me? How have you all learned how to adapt as situations come up, things you weren't necessarily like expecting or preparing for, and be able to flip any of that into a positive and take those as learning lessons? Like, what, what's your key to adaptability? You want to take that, Thunder? Yeah, no, uh, I'll take it first. So, Jason, for me, I mean, it, it, this may sound a little crazy. It started with my parents, Leon and uh, Danuta Palashik. I was, um, you know, son of immigrants. They both came over after World War II on different boats. And we didn't have the things that I think most people would say connotated success or wealth. We didn't have money. We didn't have nice clothes. We didn't have the ability to go out to eat. But I tell you what we were rich in. We were rich in love and, and work ethic. And we were, we were a great family, even though we didn't have those material things. And I, and I watched my dad, who had three jobs, get laid off from the factory. I, I watched these, you know, piece of crap cars that we have get break down. And, and there were never, there was never any complaining. It was always like, well, you know what, that's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I have to figure out a way how to get to work. But the, the absence of complaining and the gratitude, I think that is the number one key to, in, in addition to desire, but if you think about adaptability and what it means, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be given this opportunity. All right, I have to pivot or I have to change or I have to adapt. How do I prepare myself to go left when I want it to go right? For me, it starts with recognizing that you're going to be okay if you're prepared when things go wrong. If you live a disciplined life and you're suddenly thrown a curveball you can take a deep breath or three deep breaths and realize that, okay, I have confidence because I'm trained and I'm ready to do something different. Let me just give a 60 second example of something, probably the biggest instance of me having to adapt in my professional legal career. I had a $4 billion case that was going to jury trial. It was a securities fraud class action. And I was tapped as a, I was very, very young. I was tapped to be co-lead counsel. And the whole thing was a complicated convoluted accounting fraud case. And I spent weeks, I'm not an accountant, right? I spent weeks learning about, you know, disclosure requirements and gap and gas and all these other complicated accounting things. We go to the, we go to the courthouse and the federal judge, you know, we come in, she stands up, Mr. Palashik, you know, I'd like to hear from you. Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that I hate accounting. So I don't want to hear a lot of accounting. Six weeks I've spent learning all these things. I looked at my co-counsel and I, I set up, thank you, Your Honor. And I said, well, I appreciate the warning. That's going to be difficult because this is at its core an accounting fraud case. And Your Honor, and I had a whole stack of things tabbed. I was going to walk you through all of these disclosures. But since you don't want to hear about accounting, let me tell you what this case is about. Those people over there lied and cheated and stole. They cooked the books and it cost $4 billion of $4 billion of losses that trust them. So your honor, at the end of the day, we're going to paint a picture. We hope, or we show you that what they did was wrong. And they used a bunch of accounting mumbo jumbo to get there. And that's our case. And I sat down, right? Had I, had I not been prepared, I wouldn't have been able to adapt. I would have crumbled. The whole case was an accounting fraud case. So how do you adapt? 
you prepare, you prepare, you prepare so that when something changes, you think you're going to get a fastball, you're sitting back, you can hit the curve. I hope that helps. I hope that answers your question. Heather Ting, what about you, baby? Talk about adaptability, <laughs> you know, baseball, yeah, I, quarterback. Yeah, I, think, I think for me, uh, you know, Thunder, you mentioned preparation. Preparation's huge, right? If you're prepared, but, but for me, more importantly, meditation really and breathing really has changed my life. My whether I'm on a call with an investor or whether, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with my kid and he reacts a certain way, like really breathing through situations. I, when I was younger, I try to muscle through everything, everything, you know, playing football, everything happens so fast and you're, you know, trying to be a goon and, and, and run people over and, and uh, you know, adapting on, on the field, right? Like the game, especially now has become so sophisticated that, you know, you need to be one, your football IQ needs to be really good. And two, you need to be able to adapt, adapt to what the defense throws at you, what the offense throws at you, uh, you know, time management. There's so many factors involved, but, but, you know, for me, the thing that, like I said, that changed my life is, is meditation and breathing and, and, sometimes climbing above the situation and taking a look down and analyzing it and then reacting. Whereas before, earlier in my life, I, I reacted really quick, you know, whether somebody says something goofing to me on a phone call, you know, now I'll, I'll, I'll take a deep breath and collect myself and try to, you know, uh, give a, a, some more of a calculated answer uh, in, in, in that return. But yeah, I think adaptability is all about preparation. It's all about uh, you know being calculated with your with your movements or your or your statements, and uh, you know those are the things that have helped me for sure. Hey, Chris, I, that's something like the breathing because even for myself now anymore, like before I get out of bed, I do a whole breathing routine um, and the breath work part of it. I know it's helped me not lose myself, get emotionally high at times and things like that to be more kind of neutral and stable. But I do want to get into this. You know, you hear a lot where people talk about what is success for you? What is it? And I love that definition you talked about is try to get better, just better. Like I'll tell people like 1% better today, right? But I feel like we have this comparison, right, trap. When people compare ourselves to other people and then we don't feel good we're not grateful about what's in our lives because it's not as good as what somebody else has. Right. And to me, what you were talking about is let's focus more on the process instead of the outcomes. And I feel like in life and sports, it's the outcome driven scoreboard, those type of things. But how can you speak to that? Both of you like it's about a process and we focus on processes each and every day. Outcomes will come and don't compare yourself to others. Be the best version of yourself each and every day. Yeah, you know, we live in a very different world today, right? We live in this, you know, social media, Instagram, this this kind of Instagram versus reality. And and unfortunately, there's we live in a world where there's comparisons every day, right? Uh, you know, comparing people's physiques or their, you know, whatever it is, right? And uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Process has, has been the thing that's really helped me the most in my life. Um, you know, I try not to compare myself to other people, but I, I may do so in a very healthy, positive way. Like what is and I, I did that in my career. Like I was smart enough, thankfully, by learning from older you know, veterans that were successful to 
understand like how they were successful, why they were good players. You know, the Jerry Rice's, Rice's of the world, like working out like a maniac, climbing these hills, you know, doing all these things. So I was I was smart enough to learn from other people and understand their processes um, that made them successful. And then the same with the business world. You know, I I worked for a, a finance hedge fund for 11 years. And, and uh, you know, when I first joined the, the firm, I, it was in 2008. And, um, you know, I retired from football in 2007. I, I didn't even know what an option was. And so my process was to learn from other traders as fast as I could and and learn their processes. They, they you know, executed every day. And so, and, and I try to do that in, in my in my in my life in general. Like, there's a process for being a dad. There's a process for being a CEO. There's a process for being a friend. I mean, it's it's all about a you know. And and, and Thunder brings this up all the time. Like, trying to lead with integrity. Try to lead with respect. And uh, you know, that's that's been kind of my my thought process for everything. Um, Jim. Now, Jonathan, do you want to you want to chime in? I've got some uh, thoughts too, but I'll whatever you guys, whatever you guys want. Well, I'm gonna go back to the whole being prepared thing. I mean, <clears throat> we've all heard that phrase, and some people say it in different ways. But my dad was always big on be ready, stay ready. You don't got to get ready. The effort that like if you just get your clothes ready for the night, <laughs> you're not scrambling in the morning. Oh, I lost my shoe. Well, if you put your shoes back in the closet, you wouldn't be doing it. Right. And you start looking at those little things. If you just do the right thing when you're supposed to do the right thing, and just be disciplined. Most of this stuff doesn't is not as big of a problem as you think it is. And then when stuff does go wrong, and Chris knows this, it's overcome, improvise, and adapt. You don't have time to sit there and talk about something you did in the first quarter. It's the fourth quarter. You got three minutes left. You got to focus. And tr- getting people to translate that to the real world has been challenging. I think we're all dads here, but you know, Jim and Jason are still got young kids. Wait till they're teenagers, and wait till they're young people when they can actually spit, say the words "I know" and they think they know. That's when you, you're going to see, oh, Jim's not going to lose his hair, but Jason, that's when you're going to start getting gray and getting all this and stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I just can't emphasize enough to people that are listening that being prepared, it could be something as simple as like that right before this call, making sure that your laptop's ready to go. Um, you're not feeling well. Did you take your medication so you feel better at 10 for a meeting? Those kind of things. If you wait till the last minute or procrastinate, I've never seen procrastinating help you get better. It's like the warning light in your car. It's not going to magically suddenly be better because the auto ferry comes up and fixes your car. You got to be prepared. So, I mean, that's, that's, I'll yeah, back on with Chris. That, that's, that's such a great point. And Jim, and then I'll give you a couple of thoughts on, on what I do as well. But let's use this show as an example or the secret sauce show. We, you know, we used to go for about an hour and a half on the secret sauce. I'm not kidding you when I say I probably spent four hours preparing for each show. Even this morning, I flew in late last night. I have a, I have a folder right here. You guys can see it's called sauce, right? And inside has my notes and topics and everything. So I I wanted to make sure that I was prepared for this morning. What were the things that I talked about in the past? What were some of the topics I wanted to look back and reflect upon some of the questions? I would write down the questions that people asked so that when we showed up today, even if Jason said, hey, listen, I want to talk about your favorite recipe for chocolate chip cookies or something like that. Okay, I would have had to adapt. I would have said, I like dark chocolate. Okay, I mean, no hate, don't hate me. I like dark chocolate better than milk chocolate, right? But preparing for this show, preparing for your objective, putting your shoes away, making your bed. But in business and in law, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the conversation just ever so slightly. The things that I've worked on at first glance could seem impossible or 
insurmountable. How do we win a $4 billion case? How do we take a company public in 18 months? How do we sell it for a couple hundred million bucks? And if you start thinking about all the components or all the things that you need to do or worry about or plan for, it can be overwhelming. So what I like to do personally is I want to map everything out. I want to chart everything out. I want to put at the very top of the page or the Excel spreadsheet or the whiteboard, the primary objective in a year, three years, five years, and then you start taking your decision trees down and whittling things down to the smaller components. I'll highlight in yellow the things that I think I know well and can do well. In green are the things that I need to work on immediately. In red, these are the areas of a business or a case or a training that I need help with. And if I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm smart enough to know that if I don't know how to do something, I need to get educated or I need to find somebody that I trust that can teach me or take on that responsibility. I want to be able to lean on Hetherington and say, listen, man, I don't know a single thing about, you know, uh, search engine optimization, social media and pricing for this. But you do, brother. Can you can you can we work together on this? So you have this you're constantly you're constantly assessing what you know and what you don't know. I focus on my strengths right? I don't spend an inordinate amount of time on my weaknesses. I want to improve them, but I don't get bogged down in it. So the process and the spreadsheets and the charts, I look at them in the morning, I look in the night, they're refined, they're work in process. But when all is said and done, I have the ability to give myself a little bit of grace and a little bit of, hey, it's okay. Even if I didn't accomplish everything that I wanted to. But I, again, I focus in on the person in the mirror. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better lawyer. I want to be a better business person. So I look at my green. Okay, I'm pretty good at listening to the kids and coaching. Okay, maybe I'm not so good at remembering, you know, my wife's birthday and things like that. So that's a big red for me. So it's a constant process and it doesn't end. It doesn't matter if you if you sell the company or you get, you know, you get the position or you get the contract. It's it's recognizing for me that the work will never end and I love it. I don't want to retire. I want to be the guy that's working, you know, so long and say, man, you're, you're still at the courthouse or you're still in the boardroom. When are you going to quit? I'm not going to quit. And maybe I can teach some people along the way. Maybe I can hand the torch over and maybe they'll change their families, their lives, their community. So for me, being somebody that I think people can look to and go, man, he's really given it his all in everything that he does. And he tries to make the world and the community a better place. Yeah. That's all I want. That's all I want. Hope that answers the question. Yeah, Jim, the one thing I'll add is the saying that, that always would, would uh, be ingrained in my brain was you know, early on in my career, be a pro, you know, be a pro, do your job, the Bill Belichick, do your job. Like your, your job is to know the playbook inside and out. Your job is to take care of your body. Your job is to take care of, you know, what you put in your body, you know? So, so that you don't have to be a pro athlete to have that saying or that mindset, that mindset should be, you know, be a pro. I, I'm, I get paid to be a chief operating officer or, or, you know, a graphic designer. And, and my job is to try to be the best I can every day and, and be accountable and, you know, deliver my stuff on time and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, 
it, it was very helpful saying for me, be a pro. Uh, and, you know, even though I hated playing against Bill Belichick and the, and the New England Patriots, like he has, he has that mindset that he ingrains in people is do your job. I don't care if you're a third string linebacker, special teamer, or you're Tom Brady, the quarterback, like you have a role, you have a responsibility and do your damn job, you know? So I, I come back to that whenever I'm, uh, whenever I need it. You know, guys, uh, leadership is is evolving and changing much more so, even in the, like the last ten years. And it's you got to be assertive, but you also have to be humble at the same time. And and I I know Chris Pulaski, you mentioned Ted Lasso earlier, and one of my favorite shows. But it, in there it goes like when the dad of uh, Nate the Great goes, being humble doesn't mean you think less of yourself, but you think of yourself less. But then there's also you got to like be able to step in and put your foot down whenever you know you have to make a decision and be confident as well. So how do you guys balance humility, thinking of others less, and also you know making a bold decision because you are doing what's best for everybody and helping support yourself at the same time? Now, I'm, I'll, I'll chime in very quickly and then pass the baton. For me, um, you know, one of the things that I tell everybody in all of our organizations is our goal is to be bold and humble, bold and humble. We're gonna be bold and humble. What does that mean? That means nothing is going to scare us. There's not going to be a project and a, a, a desire, a plan that is so big that we're not going to jump into it and we're not going to tackle it. We will take on any challenge. We will take on all competitors. We will fight any adversary. We will prepare and we will go into the arena and we may not win. We may come back right on our shields instead of carrying them, but we're going. We're going. Now, if things work out, and we achieve the impossible, we accomplish what we set out to do. The number one rule is we share the credit. Nobody stands up and says, I, I, I. We take the word I, we throw it away, we. We talk about this a team effort. There is no one person that deserves more credit than anybody else. If you wanna get my blood to boil, you go into a leadership setting and you have somebody say, I did this or I did that, or I was a self-made person. That's, that's the biggest crock of crap that I've ever heard in my life. When things go well, you make sure that everybody understands the team effort, everybody gets the same accolades, then the leader does something different when things go wrong, okay? And, and I'm not saying my approach is right, but if we don't achieve the objective, I'm the first one to go, hey guys, listen, I wanna thank you for all your hard work, you, you sacrificed greatly, but this one's on me. OK, I was the one that orchestrated this plan. I was the one that put this in motion. If someone's going to get fired or someone needs to resign, I quit or I resign. If you need a head on the chopping block, it's going to be mine. You can't point fingers and say, well, Hetherington's financial model didn't work out. Jonathan's, you know, attempt to get that investor didn't work. Jim was supposed to come up with this great social media plan. And Jason was supposed to make that the investor relations worked out. No, every I believe that the leaders do need to fall on their sword when things don't work out. And. And, and, and sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the entity or the community or organization. But you have to remember to empower people and that when you do succeed, it is us, us and we. That's, that's to me, that, that's the key of, of creating an environment where people are inspired to do those hard things and they, they wanna follow you into, that, into the valley of darkness, right? Because if every time you get the mic, you're like, oh, I did this and I built this and I did that. Who wants to be around a person like that? Or more importantly, who wants to be in an organization where you feel like your efforts are going wasted or unnoticed? So those are my, that's how I live my life. That's how I think I, I 
I lead and I'm, I am merciless to myself. I'm very, I show a lot of grace with people on um, in my teams and on my teams in my organization. But when it comes to me, guys, listen, if the head needs to go, it's going to be mine. Yeah, I, I try to be the same way, Thunder. Uh, you know, I, I think back to and talk about it pretty often, but my career and some of these coaches I had that that just were not humble human beings. And uh, and unfortunately, that was the case. And, and, you know, again, different time. Jonathan knows this in the late 90s, midnight, late 90s, early 2000s, like, you know, the, the Jim Moras of the world, et cetera. Um, and, and I've learned uh, over the last, call it 20 years, that, you know, and Thunder said it very articulately, it's just, you know, creating a culture where people can thrive, to empower people to want to make decisions, want to be great, want to contribute. And so um, as a leader, you got to be vulnerable, you got to be humble, uh, and and you got to be open to, like I said, uh, creating an environment or a culture where people, one, feel appreciated, two, feel as though they have a voice uh, and and they're you're empowering them to 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 be great and then you know the thing that I've always tried to do is just try to lead by example uh, you know try to show up every day and and work my ass off as hard as I possibly can and try to get better trying to surround myself with, with good smart people and uh, and and like I said earlier and I think a couple other people said it as well be smart enough to know what you know and know what you don't know and whatever you don't know, you gotta you gotta seek help. Like you know, we all need coaching. We all need help. Uh, and and the the ones that want to be great, uh, you know, either seek that information or or seek that help or or get mentors. And I follow a lot of these young entrepreneurs, and they're it's amazing. They're just they're they're animals. They're always trying to learn, always trying to get better, always getting mentors, advisors, surrounding themselves with people. It's cool. Like today's world is awesome. Like you have so much access, like I said earlier, the information and, and greatness. Like, you know, you just got to, you know, we used to say in the secret sauce, the secret sauce to be the boss is to get your ass out of bed and do the work. Like go online and search up what you're trying to learn. Like, you know, like I said, think like try to research why people are successful why companies have been been successful why products came to market and there was white space like you know all this kind of stuff and uh we live in a pretty cool world and and you know it's scary sometimes and there's access to bad information and there's negative information everywhere but you know there is access to a lot of great information out there and people should take advantage of it hey, should i say uh, i guess thunder and chris would be the best way to do this <laughs> since it's thunder but the, the thing you've mentioned a lot I've heard is accountability. And you talk about like almost who you're hanging out with too, right? And like maybe a leader or you're having teams and you hear that association brings upon assimilation. Who you hang out with is who you become. Can you kind of speak to that? And maybe even if it's people that are listening to this and thinking about, you know, maybe they have to limit associations. Maybe they expand associations here, right? Maybe they end certain associations especially if they have certain goals and dreams that they want to accomplish. Oh, no, that's, that's an easy one for me. I mean, I am, <clears throat> I am drawn like a moth to a flame to people have, I think three things, one ambition. And by ambition, I mean, improvement, uh, a desire to improve whatever is they're doing Two, uh, integrity. I talk about the golden rule a lot, whether you, you know, believe the faith that I believe, you know, living, 
living your life a certain way, and then the discipline to get up every morning and and do the kinds of things um, that you know you need to do, even though when you don't want them. I am fascinated by people that have incredible, incredible pride in their work. If if you're the best street sweeper or the best sous chef or the best post office person or the best train conductor, like I want to know what has driven you to take such pride in what you do. What what motivates you? What are the things that you do? Why is it that you're able to do something so well? You know, and and some of the tasks may be difficult. They may they may have caused you to sacrifice incredible things. But I want to be around those kinds of people that understand that life is not fair. Life is not easy. There's going to be roadblocks and speed bumps and great tragedy. But through it all, I'm going to seek that success or that greatness, no matter what it is. And I'm not going to carry a bullhorn. Now, if you're in my group and you're somebody that only uses the word I instead of we, if you're the one that wants to have the headlines at all times, if you're if you're talented but unwilling to get up every every morning and do the work, and despite me and everyone else trying to push you to put one foot in front of the other, it's very easy for me to say, "Hey, man, like this just isn't working out." You know, you're you're not. We're not going to hang out anymore, or maybe this organization isn't the right one for you. Because what I found when you're building culture, whether it's your own, the culture of the friends that you have, or your family, or your team, or your company, a bad apple can not only spoil the pie, but it can ruin the whole meal. It can ruin everything in the refrigerator, especially if you're doing difficult things. If you have somebody that is complaining or lazy or taking advantage or their ego gets in the way and is not a helpful person, you got to let them go, even if they're a close friend, because the organization, the culture of what you're trying to accomplish is a thousand times more important than any individual relationship. And sometimes the best thing you can do for not only yourself, but the other person is say, hey, man, I'm out. We're not going to do this anymore. You got to go somewhere else or, or don't call me. For me, it's 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 easy because I I think about the end goal and the end process. And again, the, the name on the front of the jersey has to be more important than the name on the back of the jersey. And you, you can only do that if you surround yourself with a certain group of people like Hetherington, man, I, it doesn't matter. I, there's no company, there's no project that I wouldn't do with Chris Hetherington. Even if we, we knew we were going to get slaughtered, I'm like, brother, you and I, I'll probably go down first. You got a lot more strength enhanced me than me, but I'm going to go like, you're not going to be alone. You will never be alone if we're in this together and I will never leave your side. I may be laying there in a, in a pool of blood or financial ruin, but I'm going to be next to you, baby. You know? And so that's, that's, that's uh, kind of my filter. Yeah, the only look, Thunder, you're the man. I, I think um, as you get older, I mean, I just turned 50 uh, at the end of November. And I think the thing, I mean, it's obvious, right? You got to surround yourself with people that have a genuine interest in your success and, and you have a genuine interest in their success. And look, I live in Los Angeles. It's a it's a goofy town, right? Everybody or a lot of people are trying to live a dream, be an actor or an actress or movie star and, and uh it's it's a tough environment and and especially when you have kids um it's important to hang out with people that you know are good people that are good parents right so uh you know we went to this preschool my old my older is uh, oldest son jack is eight and um 
we ended up meeting some really amazing people at this preschool, these parents that, you know, were successful, good people, and, and more importantly, good parents. And so, you know, you don't want to hang out with friends that, that are, that are bad parents, you know? And so you, you learn these things as you get older that, that, and, and you guys all know the stories of, of athletes, uh, you know, getting taken advantage of, whether it's, you know, their financial advisors or their buddies they grew up with or, or what, what have you. It's, uh, you know, those are valuable lessons to surround yourself with people that, that have your best interests in mind. And, uh, and like I said earlier, especially when you when you become a parent, you want to you want to surround yourself, your, your kids with 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 positive influences as well. Right. So you don't want to you know have friends over and your kids are there and, and you know, your friends are going crazy. You want to want to surround your family with with positive influences as well. And so I've been very conscious of that. And um and uh, I, I think it's been extremely helpful. And sometimes, look, you, you hear the saying, you know, you got to trim the fat sometimes, but sometimes you got to make hard decisions. If, if somebody's, you know, really bringing you down or, or you know, they're, they're adding more stress to your life than you already have or, or stuff like that. So it's super important to surround yourself with positive influences and, uh, and try to be a pop, positive influence in the people you hang out with. Hey, Thunder, you started off the conversation, you said mindset. And, you know, working with a lot of athletes that I work with, young athletes, you know, that's one thing I talk to them a lot about, about the mind. You know, the mind controls the body. And Jonathan talks about, you know, train the mind, the body will follow. And, you know, talking to these athletes, like we focus so much on the physical training, right, on maybe skill sets on the physical side or whatever it might be on the body. But we don't do as much with the mind. I know it's changing a little bit and we're struggling. They talk about like what 50% of people struggling with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. What are your thoughts about the mindset part of it? And what are strategies you can give individuals out there to help them to really train their mind for success each and every day? Oh man. L listen, I got goosebumps just <clears throat> listening to the question, Jonathan and, and Chris that will talk about and have talked about the importance of the physical components that we've addressed already, the training, right? The diet, the things that go into taking care of the body, whether you're, you want to maintain status quo for as long as you can or getting better. For me, I don't know how big of a multiple I would put on in terms of how much more important I think the mindset training and developing the, the ability to have focus uh, confidence, uh, adaptability. I, I think that I would probably say it's three to one for me in terms of focusing on what it takes to have mental toughness and resilience, because you need to do all the physical things that we're talking, that we've talked about to put yourself in an optimal position to execute, whether it's on the field or in the boardroom or in the law firm, but you can have all, I believe you can have all those things, but if your mindset isn't isn't right. If you lack the confidence, if you don't believe in yourself, if you're unclear as to your objective, you're, you're kind of like a ship going, you know, just going around in a circle out in the ocean. So for me, I start out with, these are the things, they're not tricks, they're not hacks, they're tools. What do I do? Who do I want to be? And then I lead to what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to stand for? Right. And I try to break down some of these things that have affected me. Like I have a, I had a fear of public speaking. I think I probably still do. 
right? Like I probably had a little bit of pit in my stomach thinking about coming onto the show and hoping I didn't sound like a moron, right? So, but I thought back to the thousands of times I've made presentations, I prepared and I started to give myself a little break. I, I used preparation as my foundation from which I can push myself up mentally and say, hey man, I got this. What's Jason gonna ask me? I'll go back to the chocolate chip cookie recipe. What is he gonna throw at me that I can't handle? Because I'm not selling anything, I'm trying to add some value. So the breathing techniques, the meditation, I use visual, visualization for the older guys. Um, you know, remember Dwight Stones, the Olympic high jumper from what was it, 76 or 80? He was one of the first ones where he was approaching the high jump. I remember I was a, a kid and I'm, you're watching. And at that time, people were like, man, he's crazy. What is he doing? And it was the first time, I believe, that you saw a, an athlete of the highest caliber visualizing himself getting over the bar. I do that all the time. I do When I go into court, when I have a meeting, the only thing I see is victory. Is Vic, and there's nothing that's going to stop me, but it's taken time. And I've tried to break down. I've tried to be, I've tried to become more brave, not get rid of my fear by showing up on clubhouse, by speaking as often as I can. If public speaking is something that you're, you know, you're troubled with or gives you anxiety, putting your joining Toastmasters, putting yourself out at a cocktail party and just going up and saying, I'm going to introduce myself to 10 people just so they get used to talking in that setting. So I don't think there, I don't think you could spend enough time in terms of honing your mind and your mindset to put you in the optimal position to do whatever it is to do. You have to do it. You have to do it. I think a great example, Jim, that I'm fascinated by is, is PGA golfers. You know, like oh. I, I play with a lot of golfers uh, and, you know, everybody can hit the shots, right? Everybody hits the ball a mile. Uh, everybody can hit it, you know, draw when they want or fade when they want to. But can you do it when you need to do it? Can you do it under pressure? Can you do it when millions of people are watching? And so, you know, it's 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 great to see golf these days where a lot of these guys are working with performance coaches and psychologists and, and it, it really matters and it really separates you know, the good ones from the great ones, the ones that keep their car, the ones that, you know, support their family year in and year out. Like, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, the guys that are on the top of the leaderboard week in and week out. I mean, that is so, so hard and and not just physically, but mentally. And so that's a good example I see of, uh, you know, why people succeed and why they don't. And golf's a, golf's a great example of that. Just really having mental toughness, having, you know, working on your breathing, working on getting into your flow state. You hear that saying flow state all the time, getting in the zone, you know, that, that translates to other things as well, right? For, for these young athletes, I don't expect them to, you know, uh, do some of the things that pros do, but but taking care of your mental game is very important no matter what level you're at. Well, Chris, you talk about that, you know, golf and thunder. You mentioned visualization. Like Jack Nicholas used to say, he never took a shot, the physical shot, until he physically until he visualized it in his yeah. mind, right? Seeing the shot, the club hitting it, right? Hitting the ball where he wanted to go, never took a shot. And then he was talking about one time he's mentioned like Wayne Gretzky when he was with the Edmonton Oilers and they were so bad. And they used to put pictures up of the Stanley Cup and holding it. And they used to visualize oh, yeah. themselves becoming champions. 
like run that movie in their mind and it became a reality. So these are high level, some of the best of the best that did exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's pretty awesome. Well, you know, guys, and uh, as we wrap up the show today, there's so much to unpack, so much to, to share. And then we had a lot of comments from people chiming in as well. And uh, the last uh, thing I have for you guys today is, is this, is, what does it mean to be a champion in life? Last little bit of insight. What does it mean to be a champion in life? Good, Thunder, even though I hate following you. No, listen, you know, to be a champion in life, I, I'm going to answer that by going back to what I said about success. It's such an individual thing. It's such an individual concept. And I think being a champion in life for me, again, is is constantly working on myself, recognizing that, I want to contribute to my community and, and I want my family in particular, my parents who passed away a long time ago to be, to be proud of me, to be proud of the, the effort that I put in to, to prove to everybody that, look, I don't take anything for granted. I feel like I have been lucky. I have been given opportunity and some gifts and I'm not going to waste anything. So for me to be a champion in life is to number one, never give up. Number two, always get out of bed. What I think with a good, with a good attitude. Number three, again, when there is success and celebration, we're going to share the wealth. And number four, I am going to, till I take my last breath, I am going to try to improve myself in every way, shape and form that I can. And if I can do those things, I will have lived, you know, a life worth living. And I will go to my grave saying I am a champion. Yeah, same for me. It's pretty simple, guys. I mean, I, I try to wake up every day and be the best version of myself, period. And uh, and I try to do the things that I've mapped out in, in the processes I've I've come up with to do that. And, uh, you know, whether that's being, you know, physically and mentally fit, whether it's being the best dad I can be, being present with my kids, being the best husband, the best friend. Um, it's waking up every day and trying to be the best version of myself and and trying to have this constant quest to learn every day. You know, like uh, I try to learn something new every day. And I, I, there's so much to learn. And, and especially being an entrepreneur, there, there's so much to learn. So waking up every day and trying to be great, you know, trying to chase greatness, and, but not perfection. That's been key for me. Hey, Thunder, before Jason wraps this up, I, I do have a question for you because I was taking notes here. You mentioned at the beginning of the show, you talked about the pillars, the secret sauce, success, and you mentioned discipline, integrity, teamwork. Were there other pillars besides those three gratitude. or those three? And I think gratitude as well. I like a four-legged table instead of a three-legged stool to be grateful for this opportunity, to be grateful to have a job. I I don't, I get to go to work. And, and for me, again, I, I probably use the reference to goosebumps, you know, those to me, those four pillars are the foundation upon which we can tackle anything. If we stick together and we realize that that's our core values, our core pillars, not only can we push on that table at some point, we're going to be standing and dancing on that table. Right. And maybe we might even, and Hetherington may throw a little flex on top of that table. We'll celebrate. For a very brief period of time, we'll share the glory, and then guess what? We'll go down, and we're gonna we're gonna clean that table, sweep it off, and we'll we'll get the next setting ready to go. But those are the four things. If I can focus on those four things and improve on those four things, well, uh, Thunder and Chris, where can people learn more about what you guys are doing? Where can they find you? Um, where can you know? How can people connect with you? 
Yeah, so I, uh, I'm the CEO of a company called Peels, uh, www.peels.com. We're a wellness company selling uh, CBD from orange peels. So it's the purest CBD on the market. We have amazing products. Uh, and I'm on social media uh, at CHEV44 uh, and, and Twitter, HEV44. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pleasure speaking to you guys today, guys. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, we made each other better and hopefully – you know, people learn from us and we learn from them. That's the key. I may have videos of my playing baseball, but uh, I need to get better at that. I'm, I have a LinkedIn profile that has my cell phone number. It is the bat phone. If you're on LinkedIn, you can go on there. I have an Instagram account. It's called Law with Chris, but I, I honestly don't know how to use it and don't follow it, although I need to. But uh, if somebody has questions or needs help, that is literally the cell phone that's up there is, is this cell phone right here. You can text me. My email address is up there. I, want to, I just want to inspire. I just want to help. And, and again, if, if I can do it, anybody else in this audience can do what I've accomplished. Yeah. Well, fellas, uh, really appreciate you guys coming on on this Friday. Uh, knock your day out of the park today, guys. And uh, look forward to uh, you know, catch, touch the base with you guys soon. Thanks so much, guys. Pleasure being here. Jonathan, Jim, Jason, thank you very much, guys. Have an awesome day, and, and thank you for this opportunity. He's all fun. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, Jonathan, uh, you know, um, what were your thoughts as we wrapped up today? A lot of uh, a lot of things to unpack here, but a couple of main points that stuck out to you. Well, I mean, the secret sauce part of it is I love the fact Chris was saying a lot of things that I already believe and think, but what they both kept emphasizing is something I always believe in is they didn't talk about I, 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 it was, the, it was, you have to be a we and an us and a them, but you're an I when it comes to being accountable for yourself. I can't rely on Jim to get me in the morning. can't rely on Jim to help me with my diet. I can't rely on Jim to help me study. So it was I for responsibility and it was the we and they when it came to the work and the journey. So I would, that was the thing that stuck out to me. They were, they were very, they both emphasized that over and over and over again. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I think like like you talk about is like you talk about. I think success. People get, you know, what is success? Everybody has a def, different definition, right? What it looks like to them, and somebody, some people can make. I, I make a, a million dollars or ten million dollars, or I have this successful company. Some people might be like, I'm a great mother. I'm a great father, right? Whatever it might be. So I think what he talked about too is that that process. What's your process each and every day? Me going back to sports related, just get a little bit better. Can you get a little bit better each and every day? And I think if you can focus on that and see each day that you can see as a success, getting a little bit better today, we might get a little bit better tomorrow. And now we don't get in the comparison trap. We're just focusing on being the best version of ourselves, and then associate yourself with people that can help you become that best version of yourself each and every day. And, you know, finally for me, guys, like, you know, uh, Thunder, Chris Plosick talked about at the beginning, like, how he, you know, cringed whenever people said, hey, you're overnight success. And I, the thing that came up to me was, you know, success success happens overnight, not overnight, meaning, like, stick with it. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But if you stop, then you're going to limit your faith and you're going to limit your success. So, you know, it happens overnight. And you just, you know, you keep going. And like Jim mentioned, success is, you know, what you determine it is. I like that, man. Add the S to it. Overnight. Wow, Jason. Exactly. Like that happens that. overnight. Not yes. overnight. Look at you. Look at you, Jason. Dropping wisdom. Got a new tagline now. There we go. Yeah. So, I mean, just a simple letter can make all the difference, right? So, yeah. 
Um, I like that. Well, guys, uh, Jonathan, thank you for waking up early today, man, on the West Coast. I know. Try to stay dry out there as well. So, hey, Jason, uh, can we let him problem. go, Jonathan? Should we send him maybe a Chief shirt to have him root for somebody in the playoffs that maybe another Super Bowl run? I mean, I don't know if we should do that or not since he's at home. The Raiders, they're not in Dude, it. You know, the quarterback's gone. Now got, they figure out what they're going to do. You guys are not getting past the Niners. I, 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 if you guys we, are, the Super Bowl, we already took them out. Hey, we already took them out in the regular season with the tough defense. I'm just saying. That happened. I, we'll I see. don't see you. I don't see you beating Philadelphia or them in the mm. if you guys get to that yeah. point. I can't see it like that. That means we're guys, we'll have, well, when we get to that point, Jason. We might put a little bet with Jonathan when we. Get hey, all we could do is yeah. we could send Jonathan a Raiders Tom Brady shirt, and that's his quarterback. Yeah, TB TB twelve in 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 Los Angeles, and have the talk in the back. He's talking it like the football. We'll do like a little talk, and he's going to be excited when TB twelve the Gronk factor. No, you guys are gonna that? walk through the AFC unless something unless you guys have injuries or something unforeseen happens. Pound for pound, nobody can beat you in the AFC right now if you guys line up. So it's just whether you play Philadelphia or, or San Francisco. Mm, yeah, that's how we'll I see, see it. how it plays out, fellas. So, well, guys, hey, okay. enjoy Friday, enjoy your weekend. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Jonathan, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Stay out of trouble, guys. Bye. Bye, man.